Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your host, Hal Elrod, and I appreciate you listening today and being here. We are going to talk about how to make every moment the best moment of your life, literally. And you might be thinking that's not possible, but I think by the end of today's episode, you will see that it is very possible. It is very practical. It's very realistic. In fact, To not do it in some ways is not practical. It's kind of insane that we're not actually enjoying every moment of this one life we've been blessed to live. Now, I just finished recording this episode, so I can tell you how it turned out, right? And here's what I would encourage you to, well, I'm just going to share with you. The first 30 minutes are kind of setting the context for this concept of how to make every moment the best moment of your life. Roughly the first 30 minutes, I think, 33 maybe. And then the last 30 minutes are really eye-opening. And I say that because they were eye-opening for me. Like when I record these podcasts very often, like I didn't really have any notes today. Uh, There was, well, you'll see, I'm reading you when we start out, I'm reading you something I posted on social media. And then I'm sharing with you kind of objections people had around that like, hey, Hal, this is easier said than done, or I've tried this, it doesn't work, or whatever. So I wanted to bring in people's objections and concerns and unique circumstances. In fact, one of them you'll see is very, very challenging, and I wanted to address them head on. So it wasn't me just teaching you a lesson and being like, here's what you do. It was like, hey, here's the lesson, but it's not easy for some people. Like, here's the struggles some people have that you can most likely relate to, and then addressing those. So The way that the episode turned out today, the second half is where I felt like I I really hit my stride, if you will. So the first 30 minutes, you're going to get a lot of different, you're going to get a lot of context for the episode. I mean, you're definitely going to, well, you'll see. But the point is, I just wanted to like, if you're in it like 30 minutes and you're like, "Ah, he's not really addressing the how to make every moment the best moment of my life. I'm going to, I'm going to turn this one off. Like it took me 30 minutes of, of weaving through the context for the episode and why this is so important and why people struggle with it. And then the last 30 minutes is when I really got into the, okay, here's how you make every moment the best moment of your life. So there you go. I just want to give you a a little disclaimer, a little direction and guidance on what you can expect on today's episode. Now, before you listen, uh, I just want to take just a, a couple minutes to thank my sponsors. I have two sponsors and they're personal friends of mine, which is why I've brought them on as sponsors because I use their products. I believe in the owners. I know the owners. I believe in the company. And I think that they will add a lot of value to your life because they've added value to my life. And the first is Organifi. Organifi makes some of the highest quality nutritional products, supplements, essentially powders like a green juice and a red juice and a protein powder. There's a nighttime tea. There's just, just great products to enhance your health and physical vitality and well-being. If you want to enhance your health and physical vitality and well-being, head over to Organifi.com forward slash Hal. That is O-R g-a-n-i-f-i organifi.com forward slash hal and then at checkout if you do find something that you want to try use the word hal h-a-l at checkout to get 15 percent off your entire order and i really hope you find something there that you love i just finished drinking my smoothie with my organifi protein powder and their golden milk which has turmeric and some other anti-inflammatory stuff but anyway check out their stuff and then last but not least is self publishing school. Self-publishing school has helped hundreds of members of our community, thousands of people who I don't know, but hundreds of members just of the Miracle Morning community and listeners of the podcast to write and publish their first book. Many of them didn't even know what they wanted to write about. They just thought it would be, you know, it's like a dream. I want to write a book, but I don't even know where to start. Self-publishing school can help you do that. And we did a, we have a free training. You can go get access to this free training that I did with Chandler Bolt, the founder of self-publishing school. The training was called 
how to go from blank page to published author in as little as 90 days. And you can access that for free at self-publishingschool.com forward slash Hal. Again, self-publishingschool.com forward slash Hal. And I hope that'll help you turn your dream of writing a book into a reality. Without further ado, here's how to make every moment the best moment of your life. Hey, Goal Achievers and members of the Miracle Morning community, it's Hal Elrod, and uh, thanks for listening today. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to do something that's a little different than I've done before in that I'm going to share with you something that I recently shared on social media, and it's actually something that came to me during a meditation in the morning uh, as I was working on, well, preparing to write my new book, The Miracle Life. At least that's the working title. I, I struggle with titles. I always feel like they should be different or better. Or maybe it's not the right one. But anyway, that's another story. The point is, I'm going to share with you what I posted on social media. I've done that with you many times before. But what's unique about this is that I'm going to share the comments and talk through quite a few comments that were posted that really came across as concerns or objections or questions. It was people essentially saying, Hal, I get this concept intellectually, but I can't like I don't I, I don't know how to live it. I can't figure out how to actually do it. I really struggle with this. And so today I thought rather than just answering those comments individually, which I've begun to do, I thought a lot of them, I would imagine, are, are challenges for most of us, myself included. As I read through these comments, I'm going, oh, wow, it's not enough to just teach a concept and leave it at that, right? You, you've really got to imagine or even ask, in this case, what are people struggling with, with relation to a concept that you're trying to share or teach or implement in your life. And uh, that way it can really land because if you share something and you go, yeah, I get that intellectually, but I haven't figured out how to do it. Well, then that person doesn't really benefit, right? You've got to say, hey, if you've struggled in this way, or if you are dealing with this thing in your life, or if you've tried this before and it didn't work for you, here's how you can make this work. So I want to share what I think is such an important concept for all of us, and then we're going to talk through concerns and struggles and challenges that people have that uh, you may have as well, and uh, and then see if we can address those so that you can really live live this concept. Now, the concept here, here's what I posted on social media the other day. It's pretty short. The best moment of your life isn't dependent on external circumstances. It never has been. The best moment of your life is always about your inner experience. And since we have the ability to choose slash create our inner experience in every moment, you literally have the power to make every moment the best moment of your life. So that's the statement. Now, if I were to ask you, or if you were to ask someone else to describe the best moment of their life, you or they might search your memory in an attempt to give a recollection of a significant event or occasion, such as a wedding or the birth of a child or the day that you got to blank, right? Fill in the blank. Something that was extraordinary. It was awesome. It was once in a lifetime. But your description or most of our description of the best moment of our life would likely be an event or circumstances and the positive emotions that you experienced as a result that prompts them to, or you to identify that as the best moment. But what if the best moment of our lives isn't measured by external circumstances or dependent on anything outside of us? What if, what if it's instead something that we choose rather than something that occurs randomly? Now, if that were the case, could one choose, could you or I choose to make any or literally every moment the best moment of our lives. Might that be possible? I'm not telling you right now that it is. I'm, we're just exploring this possibility. And if it was possible to choose to experience any moment as the best moment of your life, if you had that ability, what would be the repercussions of using that ability daily, consciously, intentionally, 
in any given moment or in every moment? How might that impact the quality of your life? So that's what we're going to talk about today. And that's what we're going to really explore is this idea of the best moment of your life. What is that about? Is that something that you have the power to consciously and intentionally create and experience at will? Or is it left up to chance? Is it random? Is it you hope that good things happen to you or that if you work hard enough, you make good things happen? I'm actually going to start with what I thought was one of the most interesting questions that came in the comments. And this is actually going to, this is a perfect example of something I had not really considered in this way. And so as I'm working on my new book, part of the reason I'm sharing this content with you guys and gals is wanting your feedback, right? I mentioned this a few episodes ago when I did the the behind the scenes sneak peek at my new book was like, hey, I want your I want to make this an interactive process where we kind of co-create the book together so that it best serves you. So over the next few months, and I don't know if you know this, by the way, let me, this is the, I guess we'll make this the official announcement, but I am, I'm taking a a sabbatical for the next few months to really focus on being with my kids uh, while they have their summer break. And I'm also going to wake up early and I'm going to work on this book. So I'll be doing a few, a few like workish things that I'm really inspired and passionate to do. But for the most part, the next few months, I'm I'm not going to be doing my normal. I'm not doing interviews, which is normally a big part of my life. I'm not doing most of the things that I normally do, taking a break from the normal work. I'll still put the podcast out. I might have other people come in and help host the podcast, just so you know if that happens. Brianna Greenspan, she has stepped up to help me host the podcast. So Brianna may be doing some of the episodes. In the past, I've had John Berghoff do episodes. Maybe John will come back in. I'm not exactly sure. You can see how specifically and detailed I've got this plan for the sabbatical worked out. But uh, anyway, so with that said, over the next few months, I'll still be, I'll be really, my my top two focuses are the podcast and the new book. Those are, then the new book's really my, my passion project, if you will. So I want your feedback so that I can make this book really impactful for you. So here we go. This is from Betsy. Actually, I just realized I didn't get permission to share names, so I'm not going to go with the last name. This is from a Betsy. Betsy said, what's the point? So this is, again, in response to what I said about the best moment of your life isn't dependent on external circumstances. It never has been. The best moment of your life is always about your inner experience. And since we have the ability to choose or create our inner experience in every moment, you literally have the power to make every moment the best moment of your life. So in response to that, Betsy said, what's the point of pitting the external against the internal? It's fine to notice a big experience of gratitude from an external experience I'm confused on what she said there. It's fine to notice the setup for that experience had internal components, and it's fine to enjoy good moments that aren't best moments. So what really stuck out there for me is Betsy's question, what's the point of pitting the external against the internal? And this really speaks to my focus for the this new book. It's really about inner freedom. That was the premise of the book, like being able to choose how you experience your life in any given moment. That is the premise. However, what I've thought about as I've worked on the book is that's internal freedom, inner freedom, but that's you can't discount the importance of external freedom, outer freedom, right? Meaning creating circumstances in your life that are enjoyable, that are favorable, right? Creating, for example, financial freedom. It's a real thing that, you know, you can you can have all the inner freedom in the world, but if your life on the outside is really difficult and stressful and, and chaotic and like, then you're just gonna have to work like extra hard to experience that inner freedom. So in an ideal world, creating both inner, internal freedom in terms of your mental and emotional state, which I think is most important because it's the one thing we can control. Sometimes we can't control the outer circumstances. The outer freedom eludes us based on situations that are out of our control. So it all falls back on the inner freedom, which was why that is what inspired me to write this new book is really to teach people to share how to be completely free of in terms of how you experience every moment. However, to Betsy's point, what's the point of pitting the external against the internal? I, I take that. It just reminds me, it prompts me to think, yeah, 
outer freedom is very important. In fact, as I'm writing, I call this the freedom coin. I don't know if I'll stick with that, but right now I'm calling it the freedom coin, which is kind of like there's two sides of the same coin, right? There's the inner freedom and there's the outer freedom, right? But both are important. Both are really significant. And so with that, I just want to share that, well, A, the new book will address both of those. And I think the Achieve Your Goals podcast, to be really clear, this podcast was started as to help you achieve outer freedom. That was really it. It was how do you achieve your goals? How do you achieve the measurable, meaningful outcomes in your life? How do you achieve your health goals and your your fitness goals and your your financial goals and your relational goals, your marriage goals, parenting goals? How do you achieve all the goals in your life that will allow you to create outer freedom? That's where I started. That's where this podcast started in 2013. And if you've been a longtime listener, you've probably noticed that, that the evolution has really gone more toward this inner freedom because that's where my work has been done in the last year, my, my personal like working on myself. For those of you that, again, are long-term listeners, last year I experienced kind of a mental breakdown, if you will. Uh, it started in the fall of 2019 when I stopped sleeping. All of a sudden, one night, we were getting ready for the live Best Year Ever Blueprint. It was our last live event uh, until further notice that we had ever run, we being me and, and John Berghoff. It was 20, December 2019, and the night before the event, as I was attempting to get a good night's sleep and wake up refreshed and ready to go, I didn't sleep all night. Like I, I would sleep for maybe an hour and then wake up and then fall asleep for half an hour. Then wake. I literally was looking at the clock at midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3.30 a.m., 4 a.m., 5, just all night I was awake. It was, it was horrible. And I woke up going, oh my God, I'm sleep deprived. This is not what I need uh, going into you know hosting a live event. Well, that was that was only the beginning, unfortunately. And for the next four months, I believe, into 2020, I was sleeping on average two to four hours a night. And rarely would I get more, you know, occasionally I'd get five or six hours, but it was like two to four hours a night. And as a result of that, plus I was on chemotherapy, I had like a, like a nervous break. I, I started hallucinating. Anyway, it was bad. It was bad. I mean, that's what sleep de- deprivation will do to you in combination with, you know, the fact that I was on chemo and all these other things. So the point is, my work from that place was inner freedom. It was like my, my outer freedom was, was good at that point. Just to be clear, like I had, you know, I've been working really, really hard for decades and I've, I've set up a life that is, it's the life I've always wanted to create. And I created it. However, I went into a deep depression. I became suicidal. I was actually diagnosed with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. I was sleep deprived. I was a mess. I was I was the mentally and emotionally the worst I had ever been in my life. And I didn't really share this with you guys and gals. I don't think I did. I might have, you know, it might have slipped out. And some people told me they could tell. People that know me well, especially, they're like, yeah, Hal, you were not yourself. And because I was struggling internally so much, that became my number one focus is how do I get my mental and emotional well-being back? How do I experience inner freedom? How do I experience the ability to choose how how I experience every moment? And that's where the podcast has like gone in that direction. And so anyway, to Betsy's point and her question about the external versus the internal, I just want to say that both are very important. Both are very important. And, and if you have heard me talk about the difference between my book, The Miracle Morning, and then my newer book, The Miracle Equation, they really speak to that internal and external. The Miracle Morning is your daily practice for personal development, right? The meditation, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, journaling, those practices enable you to experience more of the inner freedom, experience to, for you to become the person that you need to be, develop the mental and emotional well-being and fortitude and, and the mindset required for you to create everything you want in your life. So, so the miracle morning is your be in the have, be, do, right? It's like you becoming the best version of yourself. So that was more the inner freedom piece with the miracle morning. And many people have reported, right? Many being hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people have reported that by them, by dedicating time to 
your evolution in the morning, people have reported overcoming depression and, and a lot of that, those inner, that inner turmoil that had held them back before. And then the miracle equation came out and it was like, that was the daily process for goal achievement. That was how you create outer freedom. The miracle morning is how you create inner freedom. The miracle equation is how you create outer freedom, how you achieve all of your goals and dreams and create the circumstances that you want for your life. So with that, both are important. And I don't know if I would say equally important. I really do lean toward inner freedom being more important because ultimately how you feel inside at the end of the day determines your life, right? Your quality of life. And there are a lot of people that achieve outer freedom, you know, all the money and the success and the fame and all the things that they want, they achieve all of it. But because they didn't figure out the inner game, they're unhappy. You see this with celebrities that turn to drugs or alcohol or even commit suicide because even though their outer freedom was they had everything they could ever want, they hadn't figured out how to choose to be happy, choose to experience joy and gratitude and, and choose to feel optimal in the midst of this outer freedom that they had created. So again, I would lean toward inner freedom. If I had to say one was more important than the other, I do think the inner freedom is crucial. And Viktor Frankl, who wrote the book Man's Search for Meaning, when he was in a Nazi concentration camp, he chose, he, you know, the book, the famous quote from the book or the one that I remember is, the last of man's freedom is to choose one's own attitude in any given set of circumstances. He essentially decided, I'm in a concentration camp. Daily life was horrible. They were practically starving and worked to the bone. He was watching his friends die every day. And he said he was probably, he figured he was inevitably going to die. And he decided that, and I'm paraphrasing, but essentially that, hey, if, if he only had a few, you know, hours or days or maybe weeks or months left on this earth, he was going to choose his own attitude. He was going to be at peace with life as it was and not be depressed and not be angry and not be, right? He was just going to be, choose inner peace, right? And so that's an example of no matter how bad life can be at times, how difficult it can be, you can choose how you experience your life at any given moment. So I want to share some other comments. There's a lot of comments that that agreed just, you know, 100% strongly agree with you. Hal Elrod, inner peace is what it's all about. So there's a lot of people that agreed. That's great. I don't need to read you the post of, or the comments from people that agreed. I'm going to read you this one. And this one is, is actually, it's, it's, I'm going to answer it kind of, I haven't planned my answer and I've read it a few times and it's, it's a difficult situation. And so uh, we'll see, we'll see what comes through me as I attempt to answer this. But this woman, Emma said, I've listened to this on your podcast many times and don't know how to make it work for me. The biggest struggle is when my son is having an autistic meltdown and my blind husband gets stressed about him and yells. How do I choose or create my inner experience during this? Not saying it isn't possible, but I definitely struggle to get grips with it and put it into practice. Oh, so that's a heavy situation. Right, she has an autistic son who has meltdowns, and a blind husband who gets stressed out about her, their son, and yells. I don't know if he yells at the son or yells at her or yells in general. I'm not really sure. And so she asked, "How do you create? How do I choose to create inner experience during this?" So there's a, a few things that I would I would say, kind of, if you will, a, a bit of a process or kind of a. Uh, kind of checking these boxes to move through difficult situations. And again, this is for you to apply to your own life. And I think for many of us, we feel sympathy for Emma and what she goes through. Like that's, right, that's challenging. I personally haven't dealt with those specific instances. So I can only relate difficult circumstances in my own life, whether it was cancer or my car accident or, you know, or financial when I lost all my money in 2008. Like, you know, I just, I can just have to point to my own life and try to, try to gain reference from that. But universally, the first step in this is to realize that emotional pain is self-created. Emotional pain is self-created. We don't think, most of us haven't 
been taught that. We tend to think our emotional pain is being created by the circumstance. Look at what's happening in my life. Of course, I'm upset. Look at who I lost. Of course, I'm sad. Of course, I'm angry. But fundamentally, underneath all of the circumstances, if you actually look at what's happening psychologically within a person, what creates the emotional pain is resistance to reality. Resisting reality is what creates emotional pain. And to the degree that we resist reality determines the emotional pain that we create. So if something happens, in in Emma's case, her husband is yelling, her autistic son is having a meltdown, and her blind husband is getting stressed and he's yelling, right? That's the situation. That's the circumstance. Now, we could say, of course, I'm upset. Look at what is happening. But you have to simply imagine two different people in the same scenario. And the first person is resisting that reality that my blind husband is yelling and my autistic son's having a meltdown. And by the way, I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not saying it's easy. It's kind of like Emma said in her comment, right? Not saying it isn't possible, but I struggle to get to grips with it and put it into practice. So again, I am not discounting how challenging this is. I'm just saying that if you want to experience inner freedom in the midst of difficult circumstances, whatever they are, whether they're Emma's or your own, These are steps I've found to be effective and that I've taught to other people that have gone through really difficult experiences themselves and found to be effective. So the first step in is recognizing that emotional pain is created by resisting reality. And and as I mentioned, the way or I started to mention, let me close this loop. It's important. The best way for me, what's effective is to imagine two different people in the same scenario and person A is distraught. They're stressed out. They're resisting reality. They're wishing that their husband wasn't yelling and they're wishing that their son wasn't having a meltdown, right? And I, and I say this with all sensitivity, but to wish and want something were different than is actually happening is delusional. It's, it's, we're in a state of delusion when we go, ah, oh, I wish this, I'm resisting this. I don't want that. This shouldn't happen, right? We're resisting reality. Therefore, we are in a state of delusion. So person A is resisting reality and they're stressed and they're frustrated and they're angry. Person B, who's in the exact same situation, their autistic son is having a meltdown and their blind husband is yelling. And what they're doing, instead of resisting reality and wishing it weren't happening, they might be focusing on their breath. Now, some of you are going to start to roll your eyes and go, how come on? This is ridiculous. But eh, hear me out. Let me, let me finish this, right? Person B is taking a deep breath going, this moment is exactly as it should be. And that would be the second tip I would give you. This moment is exactly as it should be. So step one is to become aware of resistance being the cause of emotional pain. And the opposite of resistance is acceptance. It's accepting the moment exactly as it is, not because it's the way you want it to be, not because it's easy, but because it's exactly as it is. And your only choice is fundamentally, your choices are I either resist the moment and experience emotional turmoil, or I accept the moment and I invite emotional peace, inner peace, emotional freedom. Those are the choices right? And if you have another choice, please leave it under this podcast, right? What are we at? Episode 382. I want to hear your, like, please, I am not preaching here that this is the end all be all. This has just been what's worked for me and people that I've shared it with, whether I've coached them or people in audiences that I speak to or people on the podcast that email me. But in no way do I claim that I have all the answers. So please, if you have feedback on anything that I'm saying, in this episode or any episode, right? Uh, this episode in particular is episode 382. You can go to halelrod.com forward slash 382. And please leave me your comments, leave me your questions, leave me your concerns, leave me your specific situations so that we can address this all together, right? So person A is totally stressed out and distraught over the circumstances. Person B is experiencing the same difficult circumstances, but they're choosing, consciously choosing to be at peace. Margaret Wheatley wrote a book, and I've I've addressed this in the last few months. I talked about this book a couple times. She wrote a book called, Who Do We Choose to Be? I think that's what it's called, or Who Do You Choose to Be? I think it's Who Do We Choose to Be? And 
she talks about being an island of sanity in a sea of chaos. So person A is matching the chaos, right? Their inner world, they're an island of chaos in a sea of chaos, right? Have that visual, right? Imagine the human being being the island, and then they're surrounded by a sea, which is circumstance. And that human being is an island of chaos because the sea is right in a sea of chaos. Person B, that's person A. Person B chooses to be an island of sanity, an island of calm, an island of peace in a sea of chaos. The sea of chaos is the same for person A and for person B. The difference is how they choose to experience their chaos. Do they choose to resist it and resent it and get angry about it? Or do they choose to accept it because it is exactly as it is, whether they resist or accept, it's the same. Think about that for a second. The difficult circumstances in your life, whether you resist them and create emotional pain and get angry and frustrated and stressed out, and many of us live that way perpetually. We are a mirror to our outer world. Many of us are mirrors. We, our inner world reflects our outer world. It mirrors our outer world. So picture that island that is you, that is a human being surrounded by a sea of chaos, which are circumstances and situations and people. And are you going to be an island of chaos when the sea gets chaotic around you? The circumstances become chaotic or stressful. Are you as an island going to match your outer circumstances like person A or can you, will you choose to be person B? Same chaotic sea of circumstance, but as an island, we choose what kind of island we are. And person B is choosing consciously. Doesn't mean it's easy. In fact, it's rarely easy. It might be so difficult. It might be so counterintuitive. They might feel drawn based on a lifetime of patterns to react with chaos, to mirror the sea. But person B is you and it's me. It's all of us. We get to choose how we respond to the island or to the sea of chaos. And person B is choosing to be an island of sanity in a sea of chaos, an island of sanity, an island of calm, an island of peace. Think about that for your family, by the way, if you have a family or even just your community, your friend group. Think about that in terms of your circle of influence. I want to actually take this, this visual that at least it's a visual for me, this island of blank in a sea of chaos, right? This island of sanity or the island of, of chaos, right? Whichever you're choosing, but let's say this island of sanity in a sea of chaos. I want you to imagine the sea of chaos. Imagine the people in your life. So whether that's your family or your friend group, whether it's groups that you belong to, that you spend time with, whether it's your, your work, your workplace, your company, your community, right? The, the sea that we're talking about. I'm wanting you to imagine the sea as the people in your life. And our world right now is pretty chaotic. It's pretty chaotic. I've been studying the food supply chains, which this is a total side note, but it's so important. I encourage you to study the food supply chains because right now they're breaking down and we all need to be preparing by stocking up on food, if not figuring out how to produce our own food. Um, I'm just going to put that out there and I hope you'll take that to heart. I hope you'll make a quick note that goes, hey, study the food supply chains, right? You can go to YouTube and you can watch videos of people that this is all they do is study the food supply chains. But it's one very serious issue because here's, here's what I'm going to ask you just to get you to consider this. What would you do if food was not available from a grocery store so that if there was no food available at grocery stores and no food available at restaurants, so basically no food available outside of what you were able to, 
what you had on hand or what you produced. I know this is a side note, but it's been on my mind. I've been trying to think about how to bring this up to you guys and gals, to our listeners. That wasn't how I planned on doing it, but there it is. So I encourage you. I'm only, I've only taken a few minutes on it, but please go do some research. Go do some research. And uh, there's a guy on YouTube that a friend turned me on to recently that this is what he studies. Ice Age Farmer, I think is his YouTube handle. Ice Age Farmer. That, that's a good place where you can start. All right. That's all I'm going to say on that. I'm not, I wasn't planning on that. That just kind of came out. So I think it was meant to be that it came out because I think some of you are going to take action on that and study it and maybe stock up on some rice and beans or something. So, but the point is going back to what we're talking about is imagining that the C is the, are the people in your life when there's chaos in the world, when there's chaos in your family. In fact, that might be a good, let, let's, let's bring it into the family unit. So if your spouse is upset over something or your kids are upset over something, right? That's this sea of chaos in your own household, right? The sea of stress, the sea of frustration, the sea of anger, whatever, whatever, whatever emotions are present. Who are you going to choose to be? Who are you going to choose to be in the midst of the people in your life? When they look to you, will they see you as an island of sanity? When your family looks to you, will they see you as an island of sanity? Or will you mirror? however they show up, however the sea that's being created in your household, right? If it's a stressful time, will, will they look that you're always their rock? It's like, man, when we're freaking out, when we're stressed out, when we're upset, when we're like, mom is this sea of sanity or this island of sanity. Like she is always peaceful and she is always reassuring and she is always focusing us on the positive. She is always calm. Who are you going to choose to be? Who are you choosing to be? And so part of this inner freedom and making every moment of your life the best moment of your life, it's who are you choosing to be? Who are you choosing to be? And as I said earlier, if I were to ask you to describe the best moment of your life, you know, you might search your memory in an attempt to recall an event or circumstance that was really exceptional, right? But what I want to empower you to do, the the point of today's episode is to empower you to realize that you're in control of how you experience your life. And you can choose to make any moment the best moment of your life. And it's based on what's going on inside of you, not what's going on around you. And this is f- true for all of us. You know, I read a book called The Power of Now many years ago. You may have read that, Eckhart Tolle. And the premise of that book is that, you know, the only moment that is real is now. It's this moment. And I think it was a few, you know, I don't know a handful of episodes ago, I talked about that your life is the present moment. It's not your bank account. It's not your problems. It's not other people. Your life literally is always happening right now. Your life is this moment. Most of us are in our head about other moments, moments that already happened, that upset us, moments that we're afraid of in the future. Very rarely are most of us living in the now. And in that way, again, it goes back to that kind of being in a state of delusion. Like if we're living in the future, that's that's not real. That's not real life. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't you know, plan for the future. Absolutely. But the more you can be in the present moment, the more you're actually living life as it's meant to be. And again, this is just my perspective. In no way am I telling you this is the end-all, be-all truth, right? I'm just sharing just, just ways to look at life, ways to experience life that hopefully will enhance life for you. And so I want to give you some tips on how to actually make any given moment the best moment of your life. The first is that it's you have to consider this paradigm. You have to buy into this paradigm, if you will, right? Like, this isn't a cold. I'm not trying to, you know, I, I, I got nothing to gain from you buying into the paradigm. But it's this paradigm that you consider that the best moment of my life is any moment I choose to see and experience as 
the best moment of my life. And here's what's interesting. Don't compare it to other moments. This is where we get caught up. This is where we get stuck. This may be the greatest obstacle in experiencing any given moment as the best moment of your life is that we compare it with other external moments, right? Oh, life used to be so good. I'm guilty of this all the time. I'm like, life was so simple back in the day, right? Like I tell my kids sometimes, they're like, I can't wait till I grow up. I'm like, no, like you guys have it so simple. It's so relatively, you know, to being an adult and having to pay the bills and having to raise kids and having to, you know, navigate, you know, the just the world. Uh, times were simple, right? There's a Macklemore has that song, The Good Old Days. Someday these will be the good old days. So, anyway, the point being, you've got to be really cautious or, or really aware that. The best moment of your life is any given moment that you choose that, hey, this moment, like right now, right now, let's, let's, let's do this real time. Can you experience this moment right now as the best moment of your life? Okay. And I'm not expecting you to like fully get there, especially if this is a new concept for you, but just consider that the best moment of your life, again, isn't based on external circumstances. It's not that one time when everything went perfectly. It's any given moment that you choose. This is the best moment of my life. And one way to do that is to bring in all your senses. So for me, this is the best moment of my life because I'm looking at the wall outlet. Now, you might be shaking your head going, Hal, what in the hell? How how could looking at a wall outlet that I just, and I, that, by the way, this is random. I just happen to be staring at the outlet on my wall right now while I'm talking to you. So I go, this is the best moment of my life because I'm seeing this wall outlet. This is the best moment of my life because I'm hearing my voice as I talk to you. This is the best moment of my life because I feel my butt in this chair and my feet on these hardwood floors. This is the best moment of my life because I just took a breath. And this is the best moment of my life because I just took another one. And now I smile. This is the best moment of my life because I am smiling right now while I talk to you. So I'm running you through this to open you your mind up to the possibility that you can make something as simple as staring at an outlet on the wall, you can make that the best moment of your life. Why? Because you're choosing to, and it has nothing to do with your circumstances. This is a choice. Now, again, I said earlier, there's inner freedom, which is how you experience life. Then there's outer freedom, which is your circumstances. So I want to be very clear. This is not the end-all be-all in terms of You can't just stare at a wall outlet all day and say, this is the best moment of my life while the rest of your life crumbles and you don't, you know, like you got bills to pay. Like, yes, this is, I'm not trying to be impractical here. What I'm sharing with you is a a paradigm, a, a, a strategy, a set of tools to experience your life more fully. You know, I said in the Miracle Morning, I, I, I think I opened up the book with this or I opened up one of the chapters. I said, why is it that when a baby is born, we refer to him or her as the miracle of life, but then we go on to accept mediocrity for our own lives? When did we lose sight of the miracle that we are living? And I think that's what I'm inviting you to do is just to engage with life in each moment for the sake of life itself. And for you to define, to consider redefining what it takes for you to feel really good. Consider redefining what it takes for you to feel really good. And by the way, this is going to take practice. This is going to take reconditioning because right now, our brains, right? Very, very much in today's society. I'm reading a book right now called Glow Kids, which by the way, if you are a parent, I highly recommend you 
go to Amazon and add that to your cart or buy that book, Glow Kids. And it's by an addiction expert. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But Glow Kids is about the title, the reference is a kid with a phone in front of their face or an iPad in front of their face and how their face is glowing from the the the, the glow of the screen. And that's what the book covers. It's a kid with an iPad or an iPhone in front of his face. But this addiction expert talks about how uh, what this is doing to our kids and adults' brains, but especially kids that their brains are developing, it's giving them these dopamine hits, dopamine hit, dopamine hit, dopamine hit. Every time they click a button, click a like, score a goal, win a, you know win their game, whatever. It's this constant flood of pinging their dopamine receptors. And what that's doing is it is essentially, and by the way, when they measure their brain, it lights up like someone that's on cocaine. So if someone snorts a line of cocaine, their brain lights up in the same areas as someone who, as a kid who is playing a video game. Think about that for a second. So here's the problem with that. The problem is it is conditioning children to become addicts. Again, I know we're off on a tangent, but I hope these tangents bring value to to most of us, for uh, if not all of us. But but anyway, we're essentially we're conditioning our children who otherwise wouldn't be conditioned. They otherwise wouldn't have dope, their dopamine receptors. Ping, 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 ping. That would not be happening. When little kids are playing with blocks, right? Or, you know, out in the wilderness in nature, they're not having the same impact on their brain. And what we're doing is we're setting up our children to be, and again, I'm just sharing with you what I'm learning, but, but to be addicts. And that, that addiction could, it could spill over as they get older a, into a even worse digital addiction, which the book talks about kids that are having psychosis because they play video games so much, they lose touch with reality and they actually believe that they can't tell where the video game ends and their reality begins and they're hallucinating and all sorts of stuff. I mean, it can get really crazy at an extreme, but just for in a general sense, it's programming our kids to become addicts and so that they need dopamine fixes and then they might turn to food or to drugs or to alcohol or to some other stimulus to get that dopamine rush that they got trained on because we put them in front of screens growing up so that is a side note redefining what it takes for you to feel really good i mentioned that we have been programmed like you know if you're on your phone all the time just like the kid you have been conditioned to need consistent hits that stimulate your dopamine receptors over and over and over quickly, very often, right? That's where we've been conditioned to feel good. And, and by the way, it gives us short-term pleasure, not lasting fulfillment. That's an important distinction to make. There is a very significant difference between short-term pleasure and lasting fulfillment. One context that I have, have often shared those differences is in food. If you eat unhealthy food, well, for the minutes that you're eating the food, it provides you with short-term pleasure. Oh my God, this pizza is so good. Oh my God, this cheeseburger is delicious. Oh my God, this dessert is right. It's so good. So short-term pleasure while we're eating the foods that are potentially very unhealthy, but does it provide us with long-term fulfillment? No. In fact, quite the opposite. It can be long-term pain. It can be disease. It can be all sorts, you know, obesity. It can be all sorts of challenges. So it's really important if we want to be live a fulfilled life that we make the conscious distinction between things that give us short-term pleasure, but that often cause long-term pain, versus things that bring us lasting fulfillment, right? Checking our phone and, and getting those dopamine hits, that gives us short-term pleasure, but not the long-term fulfillment. However, if you can learn to experience any given moment as the best moment of your life, think about this. If you can recondition yourself to experience any given moment as the best moment of your life, I'm still looking at that outlet. I'm like, I'm mesmerized by it. I have not taken my eyes off the outlet on my wall. And I don't know if it's because subconsciously I, I said out loud that I'm having the best moment of my life because I'm staring at this wall outlet. I don't know if that's part of it, but I'm still staring at the wall outlet right now. I have not taken my eyes off it for the last, whatever, five minutes or 10 minutes, whatever it's been. So, and my point to you is 
if you can recondition what your standards are for experiencing true joy in any given moment, you can find lasting fulfillment and you can give up the need for short-term pleasure. Not that you can't still have it, but being dependent on it and enjoying it occasionally are two very different things with two very different sets of repercussions. So this whole strategy, this whole paradigm, this concept of the best moment of your life and, and, and making it something that you choose in any given moment can be a complete life-changing, life-enhancing commitment to make. Truly a game changer. On my, uh, I just turned 42, I had my 42nd birthday about a week ago. And this is a meditation that I do. I do like a best moment of my life meditation where I just like, am just really present. Sometimes I'll say in my head, this is the best moment of my life. That's actually usually how I start the meditation, but I try to stop the words and just carry the feeling. So here's a little bonus for you guys and gals. The best moment of my life meditation is where you simply sit there and you're, you know, sit up straight on your meditation pillow if you have one. I recommend one. I love, you know, it's like 17 bucks uh, for, uh, I got on Amazon a meditation pillow. It just gives me a spot to tell my body, hey, mind, body, spirit. Hey, we're meditating now, right? We're not sitting on a couch slumping over. We're sitting up straight meditating. So, and then I say to myself, this is the best moment of my life. And then usually that causes me to smile as it is now. And I just close my eyes. So I'm not looking at the wall outlet this second, but this is the best moment of my life. I want you to try it with me. Close your eyes if you can, if you're not driving. And if you are driving, keep them open. Maybe focus on a center point in front of the car or something, but and just say to yourself, if your eyes are closed with like mine are, this is the best moment. Just say it with me or think it with me as I say it. This is the best moment of my life. This is the best moment of my life. This is the best moment of my entire life. <sighs> this is the best moment of my life. And what will happen is after about three, four, five times of saying it and smiling and feeling it throughout my body, I'll be able to stop saying it and just sit in that feeling, which I'm actually doing right now. I just, by doing it, I was able to, that meditation that I do is an anchor. So at any given time in the day, I can just close my eyes and say it a few times. This is the best moment of my life. And if things are going on in my life, in fact, that are stressful, like I, I sometimes will do it while, like I just got some news that, oh my God, I can't believe, no, that's, I can't believe that's ha that happened. Oh, that sucks. If Sometimes if I feel like myself losing control of my inner state, losing control of my mental and emotional well-being, I'll just do a quick like three minute best moment of my life meditation. And I'll just remind myself, my life is this moment. That situation, I need to deal with that. But before I do, I'm not going to move into that situation and dealing with it in a state of stress and fear and overwhelm. I'm going to get to my place of sanity in this sea of chaos based on this, this information that I just learned that is relatively, could be stressful information. I'm going to take control of my inner state. This is the best moment of my life. This moment is perfect. That's another one is this moment is perfect. That's one of my mantras. And think about this. If you get difficult news or you have difficult circumstances in your life, like I would imagine most of us, most of you, most of us, most of just about all of us have certain circumstances or situations in our life that are stressful, right? That's, that's, that's part of the human experience. That's just life, right? Is you have experiences that are stressful, that are difficult, that are challenging. And by the way, resisting them, remember, is what creates emotional pain. So wishing and wanting that you didn't have those circumstances, that is what creates the pain of the circumstance. If you accept that you have that circumstance and you're at peace with it, even though it's not what you want, you can be at peace 
as you work on resolving that circumstance. So the point is, the question is, if you're faced with a difficult circumstance or you get some news that's stressful, what do you think would be the most effective way to deal with that situation? Would it be in a state of stress and fear and anxiety and overwhelm? Would that be the most effective version of you to deal with your situation? Or would it be worth it to take a few minutes and get yourself into a state of calm to become that, to embody the island of sanity that we always have the option to be? Think about that. We always, you, always, me, we, we always have the option, the ability to choose to be an island of sanity in a sea of chaos. We get to choose our inner experience of the outer world. And remember that how you feel at any given moment has much less to do with what's going on outside of you and everything to do with what's going on inside of you. And last but not least, remember, this is not something that you snap your fingers and it's super easy and automatic. For some, it will be. For some, you'll be like, you'll just, like, I'd encourage you, maybe you already got there. Maybe when I, you know, led you through the, uh, just like a short, best moment ever meditation, this is the best moment of my life. Maybe as you closed your eyes and you repeated that with me, you know, three or four or five times, maybe you did get there. Maybe you were like, wow, I feel calm. I feel I feel empowered. I feel like I could do this anytime I want. I can take control of my inner state. For some of you, that might have been the case. But for others, it might have been kind of the opposite. Like, no, I'm still stressed. It's like, I'm freaking out. I'm, you know, I've been experiencing anxiety and depression for like the last few months or years or however, right? And like, I just, I can't get there. That's okay. It's just going to take a little more work. You, you may have some past programming that's a little bit more deeply embedded that needs to be overcome, that needs to be upgraded, that needs to be kind of reprogrammed. And I say all of that with love. Like, I realize that making change for some of us is easier than others. In fact, many of the comments that were posted, right, were from people saying, how this is, you know, easier said than done. Like this whole choosing to make every moment the best moment of my life. I've never done that before. You know, the moment is as it is. And if it's not going well, right, meaning external circumstances aren't going well, then it's not going well. And I don't, I don't do anything about it. So my whole purpose in recording today's episode was to try to give you, you know, what are we at? Almost an hour's worth of like context and different ways of looking at this and actually guide you through a little bit of experiencing this moment as the best moment of your life, even if all you're doing is staring at a wall outlet, right? Like that's all I was doing. Best moment of my life. And I mentioned the other day on my birthday, I don't think I closed that loop, but I was, I drank a sip of coffee after I had done a best moment of my life meditation and I closed my eyes and I felt the coffee. I used my senses. I smelled it. I tasted it. I felt it go through my mouth, down my throat. And it was like, I, and I took a breath and I just, I, I was like, mm, this is the best moment of my life. Like, this is the best sip of coffee I've ever had in my entire life. Now, was it? Yes. Not because it was better or worse than any other sip of coffee I ever had, but because the best moment of our lives exists in isolation. I'm going to say that again. The best moment of our lives exists in isolation. Your circumstances right now might not be as easy as they were a few years ago or a decade ago. That might have been a time in your life that was more enjoyable, more fun. There was more going on. Maybe you were with someone that you loved and now you're not anymore and it's difficult. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know your individual circumstances. And that's why I'm inviting you to consider and really, really, not just consider, actually do this, try this, live this for a little while. Live this till next week's episode the best moment of your life. It's the moment you choose and it exists in isolation. It's not compared to any other moment. It's just this moment. It's always this moment. It's the only moment that exists for any of us. It's this moment. It's now. And you can choose to make now 
you can always choose to make now the best moment of your life. I hope today's been valuable for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, it's been valuable for me. I like, I'm going to go back and listen to this and transcribe it for the new book. There was a lot that came up that I feel is going to help me. So I hope it helps you too. I really, I love you so much. Thank you for listening. I love you. I appreciate you. And I look forward to connecting with you next week. Take care, y'all. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 